As you know, as a church, we've been on this, what, we, what we've called Transition Road, uh, which is, um, is great. And it means a whole lot of changes. And I just out of curiosity, how many people like change? Okay, okay. How many people really don't like change? How many people are not honest and wouldn't say either way? Change. Change. Well, one of the changes uh, as a church we're doing is um, we're releasing and setting free, I don't know whether that's quite right, uh, C3 uh, Coast to be its own church. Um, And um, oh, yes, that's exciting, isn't it? And, you know, we've always said we're one church in three locations and believe that we're one church in five locations. Uh, But about, about three months ago, Eleanor and I went to a church planting learning group, which was really interesting. And you all sat there and you were learning about church planting. And we were there with about uh, 13 other churches, denominations, and uh, we were all about committing to, to church planting. Now, one of the reasons that we as a church joined C3 as a movement is because it's a church planting movement. Like I'm into planting churches. I feel that they are the answer to, to changing the world. The church. It's, it's a multiplication of the church. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, so, so we went to that and it, it inspired us. And uh, one of the things was uh, this commitment to plant more churches. Now, you know, we've, we've, we got to plant uh, C3 Timaru and we saw Jared and Rachel this week um, do an amazing job. Yeah. Down in Timaru, Jared, Jared has found his, his, his place. He's in schools looking after kids and just loving it, looking after naughty kids. He's reaping all his naughty behavior. <laughs> uh, he's walking alongside these kids and, and having an, a major effect on that community, which is why he went down there, why they both went down there. And so we've really got down our heart to, to uh, plant churches. And, and in a sense, one of the changes is we feel to plant more, you have to release some of the things you've got. And then it's a little bit like when your kids grow up, and they get to just over teenagers, and you say, get out of the house. No, no, you say, you say we'd like to release you to go do your own home. And, and, and so, you know, there's some things that you get to do. You get to release them to go and, and start their own home and their own family and, and hopefully have their own kids and go on to, their kids go on to have more kids. And so we really felt for Will and um, Nicole, Pastor Will and Pastor Nicole, to, to release them to do their own church. Now, they're still part of the family, okay? It's not a kick off and go, let's just leave them to do their own thing. It's a, hey, we're, part, we're, we're mum and dad. How many mums and dads have had their kids come back after leaving home? <laughs> how, many, how many parents have their kids ring up and say, Mum, Dad, we need some money. <laughs> ah, so it's no different than that. We're releasing them, but we're still family. They're still going to come over for youth every fortnight. They'll come in and be involved in what they want, but we're releasing them to also to get their own vision, and I hope to go and plant churches themselves. And we'll do some more. Oh, you're not so keen about that. That's part of what we've got to do is release. You know, uh, C3 uh, as a movement, and and, uh, after we did this... um, 
church planting learning group. And it's over the next two years. And we go back and we get Zoom calls where they, they talk to us and encourage us. And, and uh, Pastor uh, Tamati... Tamati and Tessa, they were there, and Tamati's leading our group, our core. And what we've committed for C3 New Zealand and Pacific is to double in the next 10 years. So to double is to go from, I think, the 66 churches in uh, New Zealand and the Pacific. And so we're going to go for 120. So that means that we've got to at least do one more church in the next 10 years, plant and release. But that's quite easy, eh? Bruce is in. <laughs> Anybody else? So we're committing to that. And, and look, we may plant campuses and then as they grow, release them. Uh, look, we're, we're all about seeing churches grow and thrive. Now, you may have on your heart to be part of planting a church. If you have, can you come and let me know? Now, it might be Next year? No, it might not be next year, but it'll be in the next few years. The more opportunities we have to go and and send people to go plant. You know, look, one of the things that came out of going to this church planting school was that uh, we sent Jared and Rachel just by themselves to Timaru. It would have actually been a lot easier for them if we'd have sent a few people with them. Like, it's, it's hard going planting a church. How many people have been involved in a church plant? Okay. You'll know. It's hard work, and it takes a price, and there's a cost to it. And so if we can be sending people along with a team to plant churches, it's going to make it a lot stronger. And, and you know, it basically, like Eleanor says, you know, you, a church is like a well in a community. It's a well that goes on and begins to feed a community and, and, and loves a community and, and brings the life of, of Jesus to a community. And I don't know about you, I think every community needs a church. Hmm. Okay, that's that done. Now I've got the hard bit, okay? Uh, I've got a hard message, okay? I've just got to tell you I've got a hard message. So, so are you ready for that? It didn't start out hard, but the more I got into it, I thought, man, this is, this is heavy duty. Um, this is heavy duty. This is really only for followers of Christ. This is really only for disciples this morning. And the, we're on this theme of love God and love people, and I want to talk about sacrificial love. Sacrificial love. <clears throat> we're on this transition road. And one of the things I've kept saying is everything changes. And, you know, look, releasing coast, part of the change. There's a whole lot more that will probably come along the way. I'm not totally sure of everything, but there's change. And that's what about. And one of the things is that change starts with me. I've got to change. I feel like I am changing, but I am so challenged that I've got to change so much more. You've got to change too. You've got to change. I don't think we've been living at the level that Jesus has called us to live at. How many people think they're living at the level that Jesus has called them to live at? Right. So we've got a bit to do. We're called to change the world. I've said everything's broken. As people, we're broken. Families are broken. Society's broken. The world's broken. 
The church is broken. But the good news is Jesus brings healing. Heals the brokenhearted. Heals you and me. Changes you and me. And I know about you, that's a relief. And I know about you, I know I need to change. I know I need healing. I know I need to be whole. I know I need Jesus. We all need Jesus. So we're transitioning, and I said, what are we transitioning into? Well, one of the things that I feel we're being called to transition to is to be a church that loves God and loves people. Like, and, and I, may, I know it's, a, it's quite a cliche. I've seen it before, love God, love people. But, you know, Jesus has called us to live at a radical level of loving one another. Like, it's a radical level. When we say we want to be like Jesus, like that's another level of loving people. He expected us to love people at a level far beyond what any other person had loved before. Jesus set an example of loving people far beyond anything that I've ever seen. And he goes to you and me, I want you to be like me. And love people at the same level. And I just sit there going, oh my goodness, this is huge. And the number one thing that we, right at the start, that I need to say is that in your own strength, you cannot do what I'm going to talk about. You need God within. You need the Holy Spirit. You need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, I believe, to live at the level that God's going to call you to live. You need God. You can't do this just by doing some behavior modification of a whole lot of good things. No, no, you've got to have an inward heart change that allows God's power to flow through you to enable you to love people at the level that God is calling us to love. Uh, to be totally honest, it, uh, for me, this, this challenges me to the core. And it's beyond me naturally. And at such a hard level, <laughs> it makes me feel tired. Like it's, it's a cost. At the same time, I feel it's so important if we want to change the world around us. You just imagine, just in your mind, imagine, if everyone in this room was living a life of loving people just like Jesus. You imagine the phenomenal change that would be through society. It wouldn't just affect our church, but it would affect our church. But it would affect our city. If the love that we loved was the same level of Jesus, and I'm going to, t- I'm going to go through some of the things of what that looks like. And, and my desire is that you don't go... Oh, that's too hard that you go, I am going to change to try and live at the level that Jesus lived. And if it pushes you to your knees, that's a good thing. Living a sacrificial love puts others above self. If we love like Jesus would, we would change Tauranga. Everyone would want to live in Tauranga. Because the people were so loving, so patient, so kind. If we love like Jesus, we'll change New Zealand. 
So all I thought I'd do is just go through some scriptures and let God talk to you. So we'll start with Ephesians 5. So if you've got your Bible, Ephesians 5, verses 1 and 2. So here we go. Imitate God. That's a, <laughs> that's a challenge, isn't it? First line, there it is. Do you think you imitate God in the way you live? Or who are you imitating? Who do we imitate? The, the challenge right here is imitate God. Therefore, in everything you do, not just in what you do on Sundays, in everything, Monday, Tuesday, everything we do has got to imitate God. Because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. In every one of our actions, we need to imitate God. When I get up, when I have breakfast, at the start of the day, I need to imitate God. Love should just flow through me to my family. When I drive to work, What's your driving light? <laughs> love is patient. Do I have to love the person in the other car? Yeah. It's always hard to let people in, isn't it? You think, oh, should I let them in? And then you really get annoyed with those people who let everyone in when you're driving. When you get to work, the way you interact with every person, do they feel that you love them? Like every person should feel that you love them, that you respect them, that you honor them. When we ring a call center, I just saw on the news that that people in the call center business are getting sick of being abused. That it's at the level that people are just going, this is this these people are needing counseling (laughs) from the abuse that comes from people when we ring a call center and we've had to wait for an hour. Why do we do it? It's because we're God's children. If we are God's children, then we're part of the family. The the thing that everyone should know about us is that we love. And I go, you know, Christians are known for all sorts of things. But the one thing I feel that we're not known enough about is of love. And that's what we've got to change. We are filled with love, following Jesus' example. Follow God's, in the NIV it says, follow God's example. Therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love. It's like that it's the way that you do life. Loving people. Loving people is what you do. You love people. You're patient with them. You don't choose, I'll love this person and not love that person. You live at a level that you just love people, God's people. You love enemies, the people that don't love you. You're patient with them. You're kind to them. 
You even give them things. You know, like there's this challenge of this, this love. Uh, I was having a conversation with someone this, uh, last week, and, and I said to them, you know, I was just being honest, look, this person that we'd done something for, for them, they sort of expected we, we did it for them. Like they'd just come and expected us to do that, and it just really riled me. Because I wanted to do it for them, but, but they had that wrong attitude of expecting it. And then I thought, well, that's not, that's not very nice. What about when people expect you to love them? You know, I don't know whether that's part of our rebellious nature that, that we just don't want to go to that level that we just, we love and serve everyone. We go over and beyond. We walk the second mile. We live a life that we, we love people. Paul, and this is urging believers to live their lives guided by love. Specifically, the kind of selfless, sacrificial love that Christ demonstrated. Just as Christ loved us. The benchmark for for this love is the way that Christ loved us. Like, that's the benchmark that we're trying to attain to. And I know about you, I go, man, I've not been trying to live up to that. And some of us go, oh, that's just too hard. And look, there is a price to love at the level that Jesus, that's why it's called sacrificial love. That's what we love about his life. He lived a life of sacrifice. He sacrificed himself for us. And we go, thank you, Jesus. I love that. Thank you. And now he says, will you do the same? He gave himself up for us. Jesus willingly offered himself. Like, you've got to even have the right attitude with this. Oh, well, I suppose I should love them. You know, that's what they're saying. Alan preached the church and told me I had to love people. Well, I'm going to do it now then. No, you've got to be skipping. Oh, I love people. Like, I love people. Like, and to get to that level, you've got to have this radical change of going to God and saying, God, heal my heart. You've got to be whole to be able to love at that level. You've got to let God change you from within because there's all sorts of stuff inside us that, that make it hard for us to love people. And so we've got to go to God and say, change me, heal me, help me to love people at that level. And out of this comes a fragrant offering to God. You know, to be totally honest, singing worship songs is far easier than loving people. Like, it's easy to sing the song, isn't it? Hands raised. Oh, I love you, Jesus. Oh, but what about loving the person next to you? What about loving the people you work with? What are you about loving the person who's bullying you? What about loving the person who's taking advantage of you? Like, let's go back to church. It's easy to love at this level of loving God. It's easy to sing the songs. And we all do it, and I love it, and it's a part of what we do. But it's got to go to that next level where the people outside of this room feel that love. It's radical. John 15, 13. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friend. 
What does it mean to lay down your life for a friend? It's laying down every one of your desires, everything that you think you should have. Like it's right at the, the heart of things. It's laying down who you are. It's laying down your time. It's laying down what you want to do. It's laying down your, your sense of your needs. I need this. I need my own space. Do you? It's laying down your agenda. Oh, yeah, but I've got to do this. Why? Well, I've just got to because I need this. It's laying down. It's, it's, a, it's like it's life-changing. It's laying down your everyday life for others. What a price to pay. To love at this level costs you. Costs you everything. Costs Jesus everything. And we openly love that and receive that. Now I'm saying that's what we've got to live at. If we want to change this world, we've got to live at that level of love for people. What about the people that have hurt you? People who have said some unkind things to you. Can you see how in our heart we need God to fix the brokenness so that we can be whole and go, God, I forgive them. Forgiveness, the act of forgiveness is one of the greatest uh, demonstrations of love. To forgive someone is a demonstration of love. To not forgive them is actually not, as a disciple of Jesus, is not allowed. Like it's not, it's not in our circle. We can't live at that level. It will cost you. Love's costly. Ask anybody that's married. It's costly, isn't it? Darling, will you do this for me? Yes, darling, I'd love to do that for you. Like it costs you, doesn't it? You've got to give up your own things. Like, and we're selfish, aren't we? Turn to the person next to you and say, you're selfish. No. <laughs> that was a bit mean. Like, like when, when do you have someone do that to you? That's a bit confronting. Oh, you can't do that. Why not? Because that shouldn't be the way it is, is it? Now you can turn to the person and say, no, you're very generous. See, as Christians, we've got to be radically different than just nice people. Uh, in, in my first, um, first year out um, after university, I went in and I was an auditor with, with Deloitte's and I ended up in this team and basically what you have is you have the third year, the second year and the first years and the first years run around looking after the second years and, and you're all in a team and you go off to do, do these audits. We were doing them all around the, the country. It was quite phenomenal. But one of the things I found is that these guys that I were working with were nicer than Christians. <laughs> like, they did everything for each other. They were, like, like I suddenly thought, oh, I'm a nice person. I'm going to stick out. Well, I didn't stick out. I stuck out for being a bit selfish at times. 
And it just made me, challenge me to the core because as a follower of Christ, my love should be greater than those who don't know Christ. Why? Because I've given up my rights. I've given up my self. I'm going to be selfless. Like I, I told you it would be uncomfortable. 1 John 3.16. We know what real love is. Oh, yeah, I know what real love is. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. Like it's just in plain English there. But isn't that way up here? We're not only to give up our life for our friends, but for our brothers and sisters, our other Christians. The way we talk about people, it's got to be full of love. Can you honestly say that you have given up your lives for others? Like I just, I just, the more I started reading this, the, and uh, like the more convicted I got, the more I thought, God, I need your help. If we're going to change, this is number one. We've got to love God and love people. And we've got to love people the same way God loved us. And I don't know about you, that is radically different. Romans 5.8, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Even while we were against God, he loved us. We've got to love people when they're against us, when they don't believe what we believe. People should know that we love them before they know what we believe. Like, they should look at us and go, man, you love me. Now, look, just because you love someone and and believe in them and walk alongside them doesn't mean that you agree with everything they do. Like, and there's this this challenge that we've got. We've got a, a world that sort of puts people guilty by association. If you associate with that person, then you're guilty of what or supporting them and what they believe. But that's not true. Jesus was not guilty by association. Because Jesus went to the people that were the outcasts of society. And he didn't agree with everything they did, but he loved them. And we've got this challenge of can we love people? COVID was was quite an eye-opening to the stage where we at times got so focused on what we believed and what we thought and what we felt were a way that we stopped loving people. And it got in the way of relationships and friendships. Like, and I go, no, 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 we've got to come back to love like Jesus did. Some of us said things that, man, we shouldn't have said. If we loved the person there, we would have, we would have listened to them, we would have tried to understand them. And we would have accepted their choice and loved them just the same. And maybe something out of this is that you've got to go back and say sorry to someone for maybe the way you were. Oh, no, Ellen, they should come and say sorry to me first. No. No. Our stance is that we're always open and we're first to say I'm sorry. 
even if it never comes back to us as sorry, even if they never admit stuff. Why is that? Because we love at the level that Christ loves. Love, God loves us no matter what we do. It's an unconditional love. It has no conditions attached. It's radical. And we accept it freely and are so relieved that we, we can be loved that way. Now our challenge is, can we love at that level? Matthew 16, 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. Like, isn't that? That's a challenge. The way of living is like daily going to the cross and dying. I started thinking about it. You know, we take communion and we, we, we go, thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross. And now he's asking us every day to walk that road of dying to self. Like, this isn't just a Sunday thing. <laughs> like, this is that my whole life I wake up every morning and go, I'm going to go to the cross today. I'm going to put myself on the cross. I'm going to die to self. <laughs> I'm preaching this. Like, I'm going, oh my goodness, does that change the way I, have? I live? Without a doubt. Like, like it's, it's confronting in every area of my life. Confronts everything you do. Everywhere you go, it's right in front of you, in front of me. (laughs) Does anyone still want to be a follower of Christ? (laughs) Let me just read that again. Then Jesus said to his disciples, we're disciples. If any of you wants to be my follower, you must, you must give up. Your own way, take up your cross and follow me. It's like daily going to the cross and dying to self. I must give up my own way. I must give up my own way. Like, that's hard. You think of that in the relationships in your life. Man, how many times do you want your own way? Like, let me move on. It doesn't get easier, though. Philippians 2, 3 to 4. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others better than yourself. Don't look out only for your own interests, but the interests of others, too. Don't be selfish. Don't put self in the middle. The way you treat people. What are some um, everyday examples of selfish behavior. Let me just, and, and hopefully you don't fit in any of these. But look, you know, if you don't want to stick around and talk to people, that can be selfish. Oh, I've got to go do my own thing. Oh, okay. If you don't ask people questions about their lives, is that selfish? I just want to tell them about my life. How well do you know the people that you work with and the people around you? Like that's being selfless. Cutting in the line. See, pushing ahead in a line, disregarding others who have been waiting patiently. Talking over others. 
Selfish behavior, interrupting or talking over someone in a conversation, not allowing them to express their thoughts. Selfishness. Just thought you'd like to know. Um, Hoarding resources. Stockpiling resources such as supplies or information without consideration for the needs of others. Our response is that we should be sharing our resources and our information, thinking of the well-being of others and not just our own interests. Not sharing credit, taking credit for a group effort without acknowledging the contributions of others. Ignoring other people's perspectives, dismissing or ignoring the opinions and perspectives of others, assuming one's viewpoint is the only valid one. Oh, man. Refusing to compromise, insisting on one's own way without considering the needs and preferences of others. Do you get the picture? Shall I go on? (laughs) Putting personal comfort first. Prioritizing a personal comfort or convenience over the well-being of others. Selfish. Not offering to help. Ignoring the needs of others or refusing to offer assistance when it's within one's capacity to help. Philippians 2, 3, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others better than yourself. Do you think everyone's better than yourself? Like, that's the way we're to live. And yes, will you get taken for granted? Yep. Will people abuse that? Yep. But that's okay because you love people. Be humble, thinking of others better than yourself. Don't look only don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Galatians 2.20. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body, trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Our old self is selfish. Self-seeking. But our new self is full of love. You're kind of quiet. That's a challenge. And that's only six verses. And I've got 20. (laughs) Romans 12.10. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. You know, we need to honor each other. We need to love each other. Musicians, you can come. Love with a genuine affection. It's a tone in that verse that is a genuine thing. I don't want people to go out and go, oh, I have to love. I want you to go out going, man, I want to be like Jesus and I just want to love people better. To live this way, we have to come to Jesus and ask him to help us. And then stand up and begin to walk in that direction. I had a picture the other, the other week that I didn't end up sharing. And when Donna just shared before, I got that the same picture. And I don't know if you remember Forrest Gump. Uh, in the movie Forrest Gump, he's walking along with his calipers on, walking home with Jenny. And, and the boys on the bike come and they start chasing him. 
you know, and he's being chased by him. And he's got these things on his legs that restrict him from, from, from running. But, but as he starts to move and Jenny goes, run, Forrest, run, which we all know. We've all heard that. We all said that to our kids. Run. Right. But as he ran, they began to fall off him. And here's what I felt. You and I have to just start in the direction of going, I'm going to try and love people more. I'm going to try and live at this level that God wants me to. Yeah, you've got restrictions. Yeah, there's things in our lives that are not right. Yes, we're broken. Yes, we've got things that, that we do that are wrong. And, and yeah, but in our sense, even though we've got those, we're going to start walking towards, I'm going to be a person who radically loves people. I'm going to be a person who follows Jesus in everything that I do. Holy Spirit, help me. And as you start in that direction, I believe you will get set free. I believe you will get whole. You will come into wholeness. That as you focus on, hey, this is what I'm going to do, rather than focusing on all the reasons why you can't do this and all the things that, that, that maybe it's cost, instead focusing towards, I am going to live like Jesus. I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning and I'm going to say, Jesus, I'm going to take up my cross and I'm going to love people like I've never loved them before. And you're going to find so many opportunities as you walk in that direction. You're not going to get it right all the time. You're going to get annoyed with that car that cut in on you. And then you're going to think, hold on a minute. I'm a Christian. (laughs) You're going to have someone do something to you and you're suddenly going to go, no, I'm I'm going to change my response. Ellen and I years ago um, listened to, I think it was Creflo Dollar on a, on a marriage thing. And he talked about a lot of our reactions or, or our conversations are, are actually reactioning. That we, we just jump into a mode. He, he was talking about in marriage when you argue, one person does this and uh, the other person responds like this. And, and, and it becomes an automatic response. And by the time you get to about the third or fourth level, you're not even arguing about the thing that you started arguing anymore. You've just gone into this response. You always do the... And he said, all it needs is for one person to change their response. And that'll mean the other person has to change their response. I think there's a biblical proverb about that. A soft answer turns away wrath. Like just a change in your response will change the response of the other person. Maybe they'll try to carry on down that road, but suddenly it'll change things. And I feel as we walk along going, I am going to be someone who loves at a radical level. It'll change our schools. It'll change our workplaces. It'll change our families. It'll change our lives. So here's the challenge. We need to respond to God. God, you're not responding to me, you're responding to God. And, you know, we freely accept his love. And then we go, God, help me to love at the level that you love me. The sacrifice. Yes, it's a sacrifice. It's actually a decision where we've got to count the cost. Jesus talked about counting the cost if you want to be a follower. We've got to count the cost. And the cost is that I'm going to give up my selfish own ways and I'm going to love people at the level God loves me.
Why don't you close your eyes? Holy Spirit. Lord, we've looked into the mirror of your word and it just, when we look at our reflection in it, we just see we're totally undone. And we need you. Father, I pray for wholeness. Lord, I pray you would help us to be whole, to be healed, to be full of your love that enables us to love people the way that you've loved us. In a moment, we're going to sing, and and the picture I had was of just people just, I want you just to go to respond to God, don't respond to me, and that might mean just go stand somewhere as we sing this worship song, stand in a corner, maybe it's kneeling at the altar, maybe it's just kneeling where you are, and just saying, God, I commit to being your disciple, and I'm going to love people at that level. Help me. Help me.